0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
2: back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. One final segment here. We're going to go through a bit more from the combine, a bit more from what Jeff Ireland said. And, you know, this is the second time we've heard from Jeff Ireland in like the last, what, two weeks, right? But before we get into that, I want to talk about what DA said about Clint Kubiak. And not the, you know, we've heard from DA on Clint before, but to bridge kind of into the conversation... I want to talk about this because this is what he had to say when he was asked you know what players are clint kubiak excited to work with and this is what da had to say
1: i I think you know the interesting thing is is when a new group comes in um you know they 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 kind of look at your team and and they 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 look at it from a from a positive perspective and so uh the exciting thing was you know i think the offensive staff as a whole was was really excited about working with a lot of the pieces uh, to the puzzle that we have on offense. And so um, look, I think that's, I think that brings an excitement to to me in terms of what I think we can do offensively.
2: Yeah. And so I think what he's saying there is, you know, the, the offense that's coming in, the offensive system that's coming in, they like the pieces, right? So There's a lot to we, like, yeah. And there, there are pieces to lick, but it's a question of how much needs to change to suit what you want to do on offense. And well, that is going to happen. You're going to have to make changes. You're going to do some stuff. I do think that, in large part, the one of the selling points for the staffers that you're bringing in was it's like, yeah, we can make it work with this guy. We can make it work with this guy. We really like what we can do here. You know, I, like I think that's important as you're putting this puzzle together to know that the coaching staff that you're bringing in likes the pieces that it's looking at, and I think. You know, that's that's significant because you're going to get into free agency, you're going to get into the draft and you're going to figure out where what are our must needs and wants. And if there's a lot of needs up there, then that's going to have to inform your decisions. If it's more, yeah, we want to get a little better at this. We want to find someone who's a little better at this. You can do that in one offseason. But if there's a ton of needs, that's hard to deal with in one offseason. That means that makes it more of a two, three year project. And I don't think a two, three year project is going to fly.
0: With To me, with the offense, at least, the the biggest key is really not the weapons, but obviously the offensive line, which is a, a huge key to a success of the offense. You just need to protect Carmore and get the run game going. I agree.
2: And I think the offensive line is the biggest question I have in terms of, can you block the way you need to block? Do you have yeah. the, the, the <laughs> athletes that you need? And that's going to be an interesting question. And a guy like Cesar Ruiz, I think, is intriguing because I think he can do a lot more than he has been doing. Um, he's very athletic. I think if people underestimate how athletic Cesar Ruiz is. He's got their boxing. Um, so we'll see. But so, you know, then the next step okay, you're at the combine. You know, the Saints are a little old school in how they operate. A lot of teams aren't valuing the combine as high as they used to. For one thing. Date. Well, it is, but it's also like you have all of these data points, you have all of this tape, you have all this advanced tracking. How much are you really gaining from watching guys running around in shorts? And doing these drills, you know, it, like that's why the, the the senior bowl I think has slowly become more valuable than the combine, because in place of all these, you know, weird drills that don't actually count for football, <laughs> you're doing one-on-one stuff. You're actually doing competitive work, and and I'm not even talking about the game. I'm talking about practice, because like I want to see Olufashanu go against Tyler Guyton, right? I want to see right. These, you know, guys who I want to see how they stack up in the, you know, it, and you don't really get that at the combine. And so it's like just, you know, it's like, oh, he ran a really fast 40. But when are you going to see this guy run in a full sprint down the field? And when is that even practical? Like, it's just you're getting these data points and you're getting it. But you kind of have that already. Like, you can track how fast Jaden Daniels is running on the field. You don't need to see him run a 40 to know he's going to run a fast 40. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of strange, but again, the interview process is invaluable. So one or another, the saints are never going to stop doing it. Um, And I do think the saints are one of the old school teams that does take a little value in these measurables. And one of the questions that was asked to uh, Jeff Ireland was, uh, you know, what do you think about these teams or these players opting out of workouts and, and how does that affect your process? And I thought he gave a pretty honest answer here.
0: High profile, like cases of guys not participating in the drills this year. I know it's maybe been like that for the last couple of years, but is, is that a trend you see kind of going? Is that something that's harder to evaluate? How do you kind of see that as?
1: It's tough. You know, it's tough. You know, look at, I feel like the player's job is to answer all of our questions. Uh, my job is to try to build conviction to draft the player. And so when a player doesn't interview or doesn't do a medical or doesn't do a workout, those are questions that we have. And when I got questions on a player that doesn't do this, that, or the other, then I'm probably gonna pass on that player and go with a player that has answered all those questions because I got conviction. You know, It's no different than any of you guys making decision. You're gonna make decision based on as, as educated and as convicted as you can on the information that you have. And so when a player doesn't work out, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I feel like it hurts our ability to build that strong conviction to make a really sound decision, and uh, so um, I'm, I'm usually chasing that information until the last weekend we can get out, um, and hopefully, you know, the, hopefully that's not a trend, um, but it seems to be quite frequent uh, that we do it. And, and, and at the end of the day, most of the time we get them, we get them to do the we get them to do the drill. It's just sometimes not on their, it's on their time frame, not on ours.
2: Yeah. And and so, like, if you're wondering, you know, at least for the Saints, this is impacting the process for them. Like, their job is to get as much information as possible so that when you're deciding between one player and another, you are not guessing. You are not wondering what this data point would be if you had it. And I think the Saints very much would would pass on a prospect because they didn't get the information they need. Like, they're not going to be out there guessing. They believe in their process and they're going to go with it. So, like, I, I think that he, he, he is annoyed when players skip these these workouts, right? Because there's only so much time that you have to collect all this information and they don't do it. They don't do an interview. They don't do this. That might that might be the difference between the Saints drafting a guy and the Saints not drafting a guy.
0: Yeah, t- to me, you know, you t- touched on it. Like, obviously, what they're going to put on film at the Combine is much different than what they've already done in college. That- interview process is so vital and uh just curious like you know if you know these guys that aren't taking part in the drills they still are available for for interviews at least
2: yeah uh, as far as i know although he did mention that like you know what if they don't do an interview so i don't know if maybe there are guys who were out there skipping interviews Uh, and you know that seems ridiculous to me if you're a player well it is you know but what if you don't want to get drafted by a certain team you know what what if you just don't want to go there you know, is, is that a way that you can impact the process in a way? Absolutely in, in, right. Yeah, you It's know, like, no, I'm not going to talk to them. Maybe that is part of the calculation. It's like, I don't really want to play there anyway. So if they don't draft me, who cares? I'm not going to go talk to them. And, you know, uh, you know, so who knows? But at the end of the day, if you're a good enough player, you're going to get drafted by someone, you know, and they're going to figure out this information in the mid. It's more like second, third round guys that I think get impacted. I think in the top end, you're not seeing guys skip interviews or whatever. And and they're going to have their pro day and you're going to go watch and you're going to get the information. And again, like you said, it's on their time. But no, I, I, it does impact the process. And uh, and scouting is imperfect to begin with, you know. So so you got to go from there. And, you know, the the another question that I know people uh, have asked is, so why did the Saints interview Jaden Daniels? You know, <laughs> how is it? What is the value in taking time, the, that valuable scouting time, and sitting down with a guy who's almost certainly not going to be on the board when you pick? And so you have a question. Okay, maybe they're considering a major trade. Maybe, maybe they know something. Maybe they're like, oh, we're going to go get this guy or or whatever. Um, and, and Jeff was asked about that, so let's hear what he had to say
1: um look the draft's an inexact science and um you can't say he'll be gone you know you you never know um we have to be prepared for for everything i've been in drafts where players have slipped i don't think he's going to uh, but i've been in drafts where maybe we've taken the um things for granted that he's going to be gone and you get to it and he's still sitting there for us and Maybe our scouting staff didn't do our homework at that time on that player, and uh, that's a dangerous game to play. So we're going to do our homework on every single player, um, and uh, that was the case with Jaden. Uh, we had a great interview with him. He was a great kid. Uh, very impressed with him.
0: Sarah Wilden, which to maybe not Jaden Daniels specifically, but you know, some of these guys that you, you meet with four or five years down the road when they come off their rookie contract, if they become available, that information is
1: helpful I imagine exactly we call it a historical document you know it's uh, it's there until until the guy retires and we look back on that document from uh, from today or tomorrow whenever we've we've accumulated all that uh, data and um and we'll use it in free agency whether it's a free agent whether he's on the street uh, as a street free agent um, you know whatever case we we look back in these documents and uh, because we don't really call around to teams during free agency because you don't know if they want to keep them you know so we have to look back at this and and, uh, you know, players mature over time. And so you have to take that with a you know grain of salt at sometimes. But, uh, yeah, it's a historical document. We look back on it quite frequently.
2: Just like the Galaxy Quest missions, you know, the historical documents. I don't know if anyone gets that reference with me. Um, but, yeah, so you have them. And, and, and so, you know, you're not going to, he's not going to tell you, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. But I do think that his answer does offer a hint that, Talking to Jaden is not necessarily an indicator that the Saints are like, oh, we're gonna go trade up. We're gonna, we're gonna sell the farm and go get this guy at number three. It is it is more about due diligence than anything else. And and I think that's a smart thing to do. Cause like you're not talking about even, okay, yeah, maybe he's not there at 14, but what if he slips to nine? What if right. he slips to 10 in a range where maybe you could swing a trade? Like, no, they're not gonna. I don't see a scenario where the Saints have the firepower or even should use the firepower to go up to number three. But you can't just sit there and say, there's no way, you know, maybe, maybe something comes out in his medicals that people's that scare people off. Maybe no one went to his birthday party and you don't, you don't want to mess with that. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think that's what it's about. And like, I, I only bring this up because I, I get all these alerts, these like uh, Google alerts for all these like, you know, sketchy sources with bad headlines. And it's like, oh, the Saints are getting ready to make a blockbuster trade. It's not really what's happening. Don't use this. Don't use a interview at the Combine as an indicator that they're going to make a huge trade. Right. But they do want to have that information, right? And we've seen this in the past too. It's like, uh, and I think it was Ross Jackson that asked the question, yeah, well, these guys, maybe they're a free agent in three, four years and and you don't, or four or five years, I should say, and you don't necessarily want to trust the analysis of other teams that might not, you know, they're not on your side. <laughs> why, why would another team give you intel? Um so you need to do it yourself and this is an opportunity to do that. So that's that's why they talked to Jaden. Um i fully expect him to go at 3, but yeah.
0: Also, uh what happens if the Falcons do make this crazy trade up the board and end up selecting Jaden Daniels? You got a little inside on an opponent you're going to face twice a year.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. No, and it, it, it makes sense to do, and I just think it's funny because you know it's gonna draw a headline. Oh, uh, as, as,
0: as soon as that did pop up on the social media everywhere, I knew too. Uh, between LSU and Saints fans, folks are going crazy in Louisiana over it, for sure. And and uh, and yeah, and that's gonna be the case. They're gonna
2: meet with dozens and dozens of players, right? It's you just again, it's about getting that information. Um, I have one more clip from Jeff that I want to play just because I thought it was interesting. And, it, and I, I don't know if I said this. Jeff, Di- Jeff Ireland, he's the Saints scouting director. He's also the assistant GM. So he's got some insight into this process. Um, <laughs> but here, this is uh, about the scouting. At all, has your process kind of evolved over that time?
1: You try to get better every year. You try to learn from the draft. You know, there's trends. There's different things that change. Um, you know, we're constantly updating our prot- prototypes. We're constantly updating our thresholds. We're we're trying to understand where you find players, where you where you can get inexpensive players in terms of resources uh, to the draft. You know, in free agency. Um, but the process of cutting down the board and the the makeup that we're looking for, the you know the the demeanor and the toughness, all those things, you know, they stay the same for the most part. You just k- have to keep learning because. The game's changing we can only really we have to change along with college because college is giving us our our farm network and so if they're not giving us fullbacks they're not giving us wide tight ends and they're not giving us you know you know three down running backs we have to change with that and we have um they're giving us more athletic quarterbacks we have to change with that we're getting less pocket passers so we have to change you know, our mindset and how we utilize those players. And so that's how I've evolved. At least, at least I've tried to evolve. Yeah. Hmm.
2: yeah. And so, you know, I, I think that's interesting because, you know, in other sports, you have a farm system and basically you have a farm system where, you know, you can dictate the type of players you're, you're developing and how, and how you're setting things up in basketball. It's like, you know, there's not really that much variation in terms of what you're doing. You're seven feet tall, you're a center. Right. You're six you're two and you can dribble your guard. Right. Uh, whereas in football, you know, you really don't have much impact on the process at the NFL level, but that's where you're getting all your players is, is from the college system. And so if you're not getting, like, like you said, you're not getting fullbacks, you're not getting inline tight ends. So what do you do as an NFL team? Are you stubborn and sticks? Like, oh, no, this is what we do. We're going to go find someone who's never done this before and do what we want to do even though it might not be what they do best right and so you there's that kind of uh, give and take and you again have no input on the college system because there's no links between the college teams and the pro teams you don't get to do that there's no G League team that you can send a guy to and develop in a certain way you know there's the 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 careers of these guys are so short that you know you it's it's a it's a risk to take a guy who you think can do something that has never done it, you know, and, and, and it's, I just think it's interesting. And I, as a scouting director, I, I don't envy that because that's gotta be tough is to, you're just, you're projecting so much and you don't have much say in it. Um, and it's like, Oh, well, you want to do a dual threat quarterback. Like that's good because there's, that's all there is now. You know, you don't have these pocket passers that coming out of the league. Some, some of them, yeah, you can do that better than others. But a lot of these guys, you just have to mold your offense around them and figure out, are they good enough at doing what they do for you to change your system to adapt? So I don't know. I I just, uh, it was something I hadn't really thought about until he said that, but I, I do think it's a good point. It's like, you would love to be like, oh, this is what we do. This is our system. This is how we operate. But what if the players that you need to run that system are not getting developed
0: in college? Yeah. What's interesting too, like you, you mentioned the, the Saints prototype, it seemed at defensive end, I think that's even changing. Well, it has to, again, like like, right, again, has like what he's saying, it has to change because
2: the guys you want to draft don't exist. <laughs> you don't have these big 280 pound rushers coming out of college. You have like Nolan Smith, you know, you have these small guys who, you know, can maybe profile to get a little bigger, but that's not what, you know, I think, uh, uh, Dallas Turner, he's talking about, he's like, ah, I I played at 260 and then, but I decided that I needed to to get slimmer to, to be better, you know? And, and it's like, well, that's not a, if I'm the saints, I'm like, I want a bigger guy. You know, it, right. It's kind of interesting. And, you know, I think the saints are a little more stubborn than most when it comes to their, their prototypes and, and the type of players they look for. But, you know, maybe, maybe this is where you kind of have to make those adjustments and, and you have to figure it out because again, where are you getting your players? You know, uh, there isn't just this pool of of, of different types of of programs and this. It's like, oh, we want to draft out of this. Well, what if the best players aren't there? Right? You want to take the best players, but the best players that do certain things. Um, so it, it is this this whole time of year is so fascinating, and and there's really no way to know who's doing it right and who's not. You kind of just have to trust it. You know, missing on picks is is often a lot more about what's between their ears than anything else. And you got to figure it out. But I do think Jeff Ireland, you know, he's been on he's been that job for about nine years. He's I think he's done a very good job. And, you know, you'll hear the gripes about the misses and you're always, every team has misses, you know, like we want to talk about how well the Eagles have drafted the team that that took Jalen Rager a pick before Justin Jefferson, right? Like every team screws up. It's just a matter of of how many times you hit. What's your hit rate? And I think the Saints have had a pretty good hit rate overall they've just missed on the big guys and that's really impacted them
0: yeah the, those early picks like we you know talked a little about earlier with the defensive end and the offensive line uh it's definitely hurt the team and you talk about uh the, the, the ability to develop players uh unfortunately a lot of it has been injury issues too
2: <laughs> yeah and, and yeah and I do wonder okay so how how if, if you weren't as stubborn about your prototypes and metrics, would you have maybe passed on a couple of these guys? Would you have been so all in on Marcus Davenport, (laughs) if you were willing to be a little bit more, um, you know, versatile with some of these prototypes? I don't know. I don't know. There's no way to know. (laughs) But I do think that that's as you go forward, you know, I think that is one way to, to mitigate some of these mistakes is by playing you know you know looking at the board and playing the board as opposed to trying to set the board how you want it to be like you there's you just can't always do that um and you find you find talented players and you make them fit you you don't try to find a player that fits you and and say yeah oh, they're not they're not the best player but they're they it'll be easier for us to make it work within what we want to do i don't think that's the right approach and I hope the Saints over the next few years kind of come to terms with that in ways that they may have not in the past, and we'll see. But I think, like, like, yeah, no, um, I kind of lost my train of thought there. But that's really all I got. You know, I we've we've thrown a lot of sound at you here, and I think that was the right call because I'm not there, so <laughs> we're hearing from people that are there <laughs> that that uh, that have that. Um, and I hope I hope that's this information has been helpful.
0: Well, that and the, I mean, the drills are just cranking up. I know we had some guys talking at the podium, uh, but uh, I always find it interesting. For some reason, the Saints coaching staff or uh, front office, nobody wants to take the podium at the combine. The Saints were like in a hallway somewhere at the, at the hotel, it looked like.
2: Yeah, I don't think they talked last year at all. So this is <laughs> this is a concession. Uh, and and what's
0: surprising, Peyton never did. And he was at the podium for Denver. So I'm like, what's going on?
2: yeah i i uh i I wonder if you know there's a lot of a lot of uh, pressure from the Denver media probably to get up there and and do that i do, I do think part of it is like the size of the media contingent right like if you have forty people and like seventeen cameras it's probably a little more difficult to to set up in a corner of a hallway somewhere you know between like eight people right I got you yeah like I think the you know the saints media contingent well we do a pretty good contingent it's not it's definitely not the biggest let's put it that way.
0: No, it, but it is uh, consistent, right? But uh, like I said, to me, it's just odd that for whatever reason the Saints hate going to the podium at the combine. No, they
2: talk for well, you know, I, I don't mind it as long as they give extensive interviews. Like, yeah, right. Both da and Jeff talked for sixteen minutes, which is like that's a that's a good length interview. If they were like five minutes. And they, they and they were like, I gotta get out of here. Then that would be kind of lame.
0: And so, like you men- had mentioned briefly, uh, it was surprising to me. We heard from Ireland because we just got him at the uh, the Senior Bowl. This is his time to shine, man. Right.
2: We'll go entire year the entire year without talking to Jeff, and then we'll talk to him like four times within a month. I'm glad he's still around. Yeah, I like Jeff. Jeff's a good guy. Got a good name.
0: Good name. Good country. Good stuff. He- he um, uh, when I was traveling with the team doing sideline stuff, there was one instance where I had my bag and was bringing other broadcast equipment with me, with me and I was struggling. All of a sudden from behind, someone takes one of the bags and is like, I got it for you. I turn around. He's like, oh, Jeff Ireland. I'm like, I know who you are. I couldn't believe that this guy is helping me out with my bags and definitely appreciated it. That was nice. Yeah, yeah was exactly. So I was great. Like, I texted you about this. I had a connecting
2: flight uh, to get yeah. here, and uh, I was getting off the plane, and, and I saw these two guys walking towards me. I was like, "Oh, these guys look so familiar." And i like, "Oh, it's Darren Horsey and Jeff Ireland. They were just on the same plane. I'm sure they were getting a connecting flight to to get to, uh, um, Indy." Right. right? Um, I was not. I was coming here, but it was just kind of funny because I was just like, "Oh, look at that! Oh, look at what it is. Um, maybe they were, maybe they're there to hang out with like another Georgia state kicker. Hmm. <laughs> we'll find out either way. That's it. That's all I got. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm gonna hang out here for a few more days and then schlep my way back up to, to new Orleans. Hopefully it's a little warmer than it was when
0: I left. Cause it was cold. when I left. And it kind of warmed up and we got a little bit of a cold front right now, a little windy today, but overall it's been gorgeous for sure. Yeah.
2: All right, I, I'm looking forward to it. I miss my dog, um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. I'm Jeff Noack. He's Steve Geller. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow him at Steve Geller. WWL. You can follow the show at Saints underscore Pod. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hit us up on YouTube. Ring the bell at WWL Sports. Check out WWL dot com for the latest news, notes, and analysis. Like I said at the beginning, we're gonna do a full episode on the grades ideally on monday unless there's breaking news that forces us to push that back later in the week but i want to get through i want to go through a lot of the grades not just the saints grade. I want to see how the saints kind of stack up yeah and some of the real bad teams uh, that's that's always the most fun part is to go through the teams that got real bad grades and find out why um so that's going to be probably our next episode but as always if you want if you want us to talk about anything if you have any suggestions uh, dms are open you can shoot emails whatever but thanks everyone for listening who dat go saints free agency's coming <laughs> sure is. Peace out. Easy.